Welcome in Honorado Magnardi, live from the Novice Clothing Company showroom in Albany, the official outfitter of Honorado Magnardi and News Channel 13, for that matter, the Bernardo brothers, Nick and Garrett, I mean, and their incredible team, which seems to grow by the day with big, big things here, Bags. Yeah, I mean, if you can accomplish making us look halfway decent, you've accomplished something. Not easy. No, not easy. Not easy not at easy. all. All right, uh, we have the breaking news that is baseball's not playing any time soon, right? I mean, that isn't breaking news, but it is unfortunately the reality of the situation here, Shawnee, that uh, we are not going to get Major League Baseball anytime soon. I know they're saying, hey, only two series canceled, but by the time these guys get back into a room with one another again and really start negotiating again because they are not close, I just don't see how we're playing baseball before the month of May. What do you think? You want me to say now or you want me to wait until we actually start the show? I mean, normally you roll the open. There's a whole production to this thing. What do you think? This is Honorado and Bagnardi, brought to you by Outfit House. Yeah, shout out to our people at Alpen at Alpen House. Andy Heck, Katie Osborne will be back at an Alpen House location before too long. You're watching Honorado and Bagnardi on the News Channel 13 Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and maybe even on my four. We've got an exciting announcement on today's show about the O and B Bracket Challenge. We also are giving away gear on the show. We've got winter hats, we've got baseball caps, we've got t-shirts. If you're watching us on Facebook, share the post, like the post that you are currently watching. Turn that hat around. All right, here we go. Whoops. <laughs> they made this one wrong. Or did they imagine? Right. Yeah. Double panel, bad yeah. and arty. All right, share it, like it, people, and, uh, and you'll be up for uh, a free t-shirt or hat. We're going to talk a lot about baseball on this show. Our guest is Ryan Spader on Twitter at the Ace of Spader. Go check him out. Uh, he's a retired Marine, but he his work is featured on Major League Baseball Network, CBS Sports Radio, uh, and his own website. We'll talk with Ryan, who predicted that the lockout would extend pretty deep into the baseball season, and he'll give us his insights as to why uh, he thought that would happen and why, in fact, he thinks it will continue to be this way. Your level of frustration. I I never do something like this, where I tweet something in the heat of a moment, and I did on Tuesday because I just couldn't believe that they weren't going to get a deal done. And when it fell apart and I saw Manfred standing there holding a press conference, I just I had to vent on social media, which I never do. You never do. What did you say? Let me pull up the tweet. Yeah, you pull it up. I just basically was like, shame on everybody involved. I mean, yeah, I get it. The players are going to to play kind of the um, the innocent party in this, but they aren't. Like nobody negotiated in good faith, and that's my problem. Is that if people were at the negotiating table back in December and they still couldn't get, but. When they felt the clock ticking and they realized we're a week away from that MLB imposed deadline, now let's get in a room and let's start talking. I don't want to hear nine straight days. I wanted to know that for the 90 days, 
both sides were intensely negotiating and talking to avoid this. And that did not happen. It didn't. And you remember us very early on when this even really entered in uh, as a possible news story. We still, and I think everybody felt pretty confident it would get done. Everybody said, you know, the issues aren't really as divisive as they could be. And this seems like something you sit them down in a room for nine or 10 days and something's going to get hashed out. Yep. And you're right. They waited too long. We see it in politics all the time, right? It's like whenever there's a deadline, you could have a legislative session where people do nothing until the, the last minute and then they try to get the budget passed or whatever it is. It's just kind of the way things work in life. Um, but yes, my level of frustration, it's a 10 because here's why. For me, baseball is the one sport that can't get away with this because they already have enough problems for me on the field. It's too difficult to watch three and a half hour games for me. It's it's become a strikeout or home run kind of league, right? That the on the field product is trending the wrong direction for me. So you better have everything buttoned up off the field. And obviously they don't here. So I'm really frustrated. Baseball's already on the nice with me. I'm always going to be a Mets fan. So that's not going to change. Baseball comes back. I'm going to watch the Mets no matter how bad things get for baseball. But am I watching a ton of other baseball? I was already in a position where no, not really. Did you watch playoff baseball that didn't involve the Mets? Did you watch the World Series? Are you watching those types of games? I I did last year, but I think Ian Anderson had a lot to do with that. Um, you know, yeah, you attach on to certain storylines that you want to root for and get into, but less so in baseball than in other sports, right? Football, you're watching every playoff game. Basketball, we're going to have some incredible playoff series. Even hockey, you're going to have some really good playoff series where you know you might not watch it during the regular season as much, but come playoff time, you're locked in. Baseball is that one sport for me that really isn't, unless my team, the Mets, are involved. So my level of frustration is, is 10 or beyond because I'm already so fed up with baseball that like, no, now you're going to delay opening day and make, make this more of a mess for what appears to be stuff that to us is just not worth it. No, come on. Look, if we only miss the first week, which essentially is what we're talking about here, two series, six games per team, not the end of the world. Like you said, even if we miss two months, you and I will watch. I think April 7th can still you know, appeal to a lot of people. It'll be right after the NCAA tournament. Okay, but college basketball is over. Let's jump into baseball season. The problem is, as they delay opening day, and it'll be later than April 7th in my mind, you are now deep into the NBA playoffs and the Stanley Cup playoffs. Baseball's opening day kind of gets washed away by two other sports' biggest moments. And I just don't know that it's going to carry the cachet that opening day, March 31st, with the good vibes of, hey, there was a labor dispute, but they figured it out, and now you've got two sides that can't agree, and the average fan just sees billionaires against millionaires. And while that isn't accurate, that is how the average fan sees it, and that's all that matters, right? What do we say? Perception is reality. You lose in the court of public opinion when you have situations like this and you're looking at what players make on average, and the revenue – that is way up in baseball. Look at what the Atlanta Braves made last year. Maybe they cleared more than $130 million in what was a championship season. So not only did they recoup what was lost in the pandemic year, they made a ton of money winning that World Series. The Braves. They're a publicly traded company that owns the team. They had to reveal their revenues, and it was a good, good year for the Atlanta Braves. So when it gets to a certain point, you start to question 
the overall season, right? Are we going to crown a champion that only X number of games have been played and think it's legitimate? They sort of got a pass during the pandemic. Sure. Though I still view that way shortened season differently than, than you would. But that was something that was not imposed on themselves or by themselves. So th this, to me, is a little bit different. And as Sam says here, they're dug in. All right. So th this could last a long time. And if it does, and we start looking at, I mean, what's the cutoff for you where the number of games you would say, at this point, don't even bother? Or I'm going to view it a lot differently than I would if it was a full-blown 62. Yeah, look, I always say play the year, play for a championship. Um, but ultimately, if it's if it isn't if it isn't 100 games, now I'm not as interested. Baseball yeah. is that war of attrition, right? Like, it isn't always the best team that wins. Sometimes it's the healthiest team that wins. Sometimes it's the hottest team that wins. Um, but ultimately, it's like the team that can somehow grind through the dog days of summer. And if you don't have those, if you're talking about starting in the middle of June or maybe even July, I don't know. You've had all this time to just hang out and chill. The other part that bothers me as a baseball fan is now you're kind of now you're messing with the record books too. We're trying to adjust. Okay, this guy played, you know, 17 seasons, but he had a pandemic season in there of 60 games, and then he had a, 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 a lockout shortened season in there too. So, what is his career? Baseball is just too dependent on the stats at the end of the day of being consistently now that we're 162 and not 154, um, that you need as many as you can get in. So without getting into the minutia of everything they're negotiating, why do you think this is a hang up to the point it's gotten to? Because like we said early on, it didn't seem like there were issues on the table enough where we could get to this point. But here we are. Is it as simple as when you finally get there, neither side just wants to be perceived as a loser and you do get dug in and it just keeps going and going? No, because I think the union feels like they've gotten the short end of the last few CBAs. And so it's now we are trying to make up for everything we didn't get in the last couple of rounds, be it player minimum salaries is probably number one on that. Right. I mean, they had, they introduced the luxury tax, not all that long ago and they're calling it the competitive balance tax. And so that's an issue too. For me, it's the minimum salaries and it's the pre-arbitration. It's guys getting to free agency or at least arbitration as soon as possible. And so to me, this is the union feeling like their representation didn't do a good enough job the last couple of CBAs. And you know what? Maybe we put a little heat on the ownership by really trying to show them that we mean business this time. But the problem is the players always lose out on this. They're always the first ones to blink. There's no way ownership blinks first. I just don't see ownership in the commissioner's office going more than halfway or even meeting them halfway on all of these things. Like you're not going to get over 22% on the pre-arb. So that's out, already out the window. So now you're talking about bonus pool money and they're not even close. And that's not going to get close enough where the players will feel like they won. And then I don't even think on minimum salaries, they're going to feel like they've gotten enough movement from ownership where they feel like they've won. I'm interested to hear what our guest says about this coming up later in the show, because he talks with a lot of current players. He talks with a lot of former players. He's that plugged in where he'll know stories about like what happened in 94 and 95 and why eventually the players went back and said, we've got to get back on the field. I mean, obviously MLB is going to be more 
in it for the long game and they're going to negotiate that way. Whereas you might see more a union negotiate for the short term. You said that neither side has negotiated in good faith because it just took too long, right? It took too long to get to this point. I do think that now that they are, they are in the room and they're talking, I do think both sides genuinely want to work this thing out, right? Now. Get that now, right. So, which is good, which leads us, I think, to some sort of optimism that the deal will get done, should have been done already, but it will get done and hopefully won't be too far down the road. But the biggest losers of it all are, of course, the fans and the people who, who work in the stadiums who are, are going to lose pay from missing games, right? So those, to me, are the biggest losers in this. We know at the end of the day, baseball is going to get get it and the players are going to get theirs. So, so you don't feel like there's irreparable damage being done here? Well, baseball has recovered from I know all kinds of things yep. because of that thing I said at the beginning about like I'm a Mets fan, I'm going to be in on the Mets, and that's enough. If they they have enough fans of the sport who are fans of specific teams, we're going to watch for their teams and follow the game. And yes, over time, enough is forgiven. I mean, you've got a lot of people right now who are watching this, following this, who have no idea about 1994, 1995. No idea. We weren't even alive for it. weren't old enough to remember it. A lot of baseball fans, right? So over time, yeah, they're going to recover. They recovered from the steroid era, which is something that you would think if anything was going to sink this for, maybe it would be that. In the long term, baseball will be fine. And if this doesn't drag on too, too long, they'll be fine in the short term also. But for for me, for guys like us who've been around who have been seen this with baseball and already had issues with some of the on-the-field product, it adds to that level of frustration. See, and that's it for me. Like this doesn't bother me enough where I'm gonna stop watching. It's the it's a lot of the way the game currently is that bothers me more than this. Like, okay, you guys need a couple of weeks to sort out your differences to get back on the field and feel like there's a fair deal that's been done. I can live with that. But then I would expect the product on the field to be as perfect as possible. And and baseball is as far from that as it has ever been. That's that's the issue. Like once the season starts, I'm still going to have a lot to complain about. Oh, good. That's the issue. Good thing you have a sports talk podcast. You can do that. You can complain. Your team just won the championship. Yeah. All this does is delay the start of this. It extends an off season in which you're celebrating a championship. That's a pretty good spot to be in. Yeah, not if they don't keep their first baseman. That that, that has been like the issue, right? That the cloud that's been hanging over what is supposed to be an off season of celebration for the Braves is – Hey, it's are you going to keep your franchise player or not? W- what is taking so long? You know what I always say: the longer something takes, the more you feel like the wrong decision is going to be made. Do I've never heard you say that one time. <laughs> You've oh, you always say a lot of things. Yeah. I'm not sure that that's one. You know what I'm saying? For the first time, yeah. the longer things take, the better chance the wrong decision is made. Okay, write that down like somewhere. That. Yeah, that doesn't even that sounds too smart for you to even have come up with. It. It's probably not mine. Yeah. There was copyright infringement somewhere in that statement, I'm sure. All right, when we come back here on Honorado and Bagnardi, uh, our guest is still ahead, Ryan Spader. Um, Popeye's Louisiana Fast Minute, news out of the college basketball world that I found very, very interesting this morning. And the NBA, return of Kevin Durant. What will that do? for the Brooklyn Nets and for bag spirits overall. Do we think Brooklyn's got a better shot of turning things around or should we believe what LeBron is saying that as long as he is still 
healthy enough to play and hasn't been mathematically eliminated that the Lakers have a real shot. Are we buying what the great LeBron James is saying? That's all next here on Honorado and Bagnardi live from the Novice Showroom in Albany. Hang on, back right after this. Happiness is found in simple things. The sun on your face, sharing laughs, at the campground, getting wet, relaxing together, the love of family. There's never been a better time to go outside and play. Alpenhouse Pool Spa Boat and RV, bringing families together and creating memories since 1964. Teams. Athletes. Organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through product and purpose. Claim your crown. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. Back on Honorado and Bagnardi here live from the Novice Showroom, uh, the company that outfits O&B and News Channel 13, run by a couple of great guys, Nick and Garrett Bernardo, who, there you go. Look at that. I got you one. From the Glenmont area, Bethlehem. Sal, big college baseball. Get that. Hang on, thanks. Yeah. Get, get that hat back up there, that man. Is huh? Sharp hat. I'm not even sure I knew these existed until I walked in here. I, I didn't tell you. I, I wore one not that long ago. Uh, I was out shooting some high school sports and I repped the gear pretty hard. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. I like that. And you you and I both say we're not really hat guys. No, but I wear those. But. But that is a hat worth wearing. I can't miss a hair. I get a haircut I'm not a big fan of. Anyway. <laughs> That's a new haircut? Yeah. That's too long to be a haircut. Get out of here. Wow. Okay. Uh, we've got promotables on the show. The Honorado and Bagnardi Bracket Challenge presented by Pick 6 Vodka, the great people at Saratoga Courage Distillery. Uh, if you're watching on TV on my four, there's your QR code. Scan that baby. And you can sign up for free if you're watching us on your smartphone or iPad. That's difficult to do. So what I would recommend is just go to the Honorado and Bagnardi Facebook page. And the link is there for you to sign up for free to take part in our bracket challenge. Winner gets O&B show gear courtesy of Novice and a prize pack courtesy of Pick 6 Handmade Vodka. Can you bring that back up? I'm sorry. So I just want to, I, I, you know what? You know where I'm going. I want to. I want to try to predict what you're going to say. Okay. So, so we are doing a college basketball bracket challenge. Yeah. However, I'm holding a baseball bat and you're holding a football. Nope, not where no. I was going. I was going to ask if they don't hold the phone up in exactly the right spot for the QR code and they scan your pants, will that take them to a certain <laughs> website? What is going on there? You were out in public like that. Oh my God! I love those pants. You don't like those pants? Well, they go. They go great with the socks. Unbelievable, man! man. Wow, hating on the pants. Wouldn't that be great though? The phone is is confused yeah. by the plaid of the pants. What right. is going on with this thing? I don't. I don't understand. Um, all right, let's get into the NBA here. And the news is that Kevin Durant is back 
for your Brooklyn Nets. Yes, they're thirty-two and thirty-one. They are eighth in the East. They are four and a half games behind the sixth spot, which you need to be in in order to avoid the play-in tournament, if you will. Is he going to make enough of a difference here for Brooklyn? Yeah, well, he better. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's probably the best player in the world. So, yeah, I think that changes how things go, not to mention the fact they're going to get Ben Simmons here pretty soon as well. So when I look at these two teams – yeah, you would think that the Nets would be more likely to turn around because of what they're adding to what they currently have, which is falling apart. The mandate also likely changing here very soon. So you're going to have Kyrie in all of your games in the very near future, which you haven't had all season. You're going to have the best player in the world rejoining this team. And, oh, by the way, Ben Simmons. So, yeah, why, why would I have to look? You know I'm the first to tell you if LeBron is in it, you can't count him out. You are. We're talking about which team turns it around. What has to be the Nets because of everything they're adding. There's the biggest potential there for a turnaround. Why hasn't Brooklyn hit the panic button sooner to try to get Kyrie to play in games in New York City? Everybody keeps telling me that there's a nominal, um, not fee, but uh, yeah. whatever you want to call it, that the, the, the Nets can just pay the city of New York, I guess. Hey, we're going to let this unvaccinated dude play in a in a professional basketball game per game i don't know what the number is why haven't the net said look we're already far enough out of this thing we've lost enough games let's get them on the court at home as much as possible why hasn't that happened well i i think that they believe first of all they were dealing with all the hard and stuff right and that that became front and center for them to address they get him out um, it really hasn't been that long since the trade where I, I think they felt like, okay, maybe we can just win enough games. We add Drummond and Curry just to sort of tread water and, and be okay to getting Durant back because ultimately he changes everything more than anybody else. So you get him back. I still think they feel like they can win enough games to be okay, but you're right, man. I mean, that's six. That's, that's the big number because you start, Dropping below that, and now you're in a situation where, of course, anything can happen in, in one or two games in a playing tournament, and you find yourself on the outside of this thing. So Fewer than 20 games to play and four and a half out of that six spot. Yeah, not that's, they may have to go through the playing tournament. Time, I've, time I've, already, quickly. Yeah, I've already accepted that, that they may have to go through the playing tournament in this thing. I, of course, like their chances if they do when they're at full strength. The problem with the Nets now, when, when you lose a guy like – Durant, and then you had the Harden trade, and the issues you have with Kyrie. This team is built around having those kind of stars. So you've got a bunch of guys like role, just role player guys who are now being asked to do something more than their role. Lamarcus Aldridge, Patty Mills, Blake Griffin. These are all great role players on a championship team. But if they're if they're the A team now, things become very difficult. Bruce Brown is another guy, right? Um, Nick Claxton. And even Seth Curry and Andre Drummond, to some degree, these guys are really, really good role players. When you put them some of the best players in the world, you take those guys out and the roles change for those role players, and you're going to see the kind of losing that the Nets have done. So I think that's part of the reason why, too, is they haven't hit the panic button is because they know they're just so confident. We get this thing back to full strength. We get it whole. We're going to be fine. It's just taken all year to do it, it feels like. All right, quickly on the Lakers, will they make the playoffs, yes or no? I'm going to say yes. I'm not going to count out LeBron. Will they get out of the play-in tournament? I'm, I'm not saying into the sixth seed. Will they get yeah. out of the play-in tournament? 
I'll say yes, but I, I don't know that they're going to win. The problem is if they get there, then you yeah. start to think, man, maybe they can win a playoff series. And then if they win a playoff series, why wouldn't you like their chances really against anybody else? I think overall, you know, we're, we're finally at a point in the NBA, you know, you know, this growing up, it was like one conference was always so much more dominant. And then, right. Like it was, it was really the East when we were really young and it shifted yeah. into the West for a long time. And you always have your exceptions in the other league, but for the most part, the conference was so strong. Now I look at the two conferences and it's like, yeah, there's some real competitive balance here. And I think it's, there's not like, it's not like you could say the Lakers, well, they're in the easy conference. So they, they're just, if they get there, they'll be fine and they can roll through it. No. And, and certainly it's not the case for the Nets either. I mean, they're playing a Miami team tonight, Thursday, if you're watching live, that could very well be in the NBA championship. Yep. Right. So, um, I don't know that I like them to get as deep in the playoffs as I had thought coming into this season. That's for sure. Do you have ex-boyfriend uh, syndrome? No. What? Do you, have, do you have ex-boyfriend syndrome right now where you're looking at your ex, James Harden, and all of a sudden he's Wouldn't in great shape and, and really hot? And, and well, I'm, I'm keeping you in your gender, but yeah, I got we, you. We, can, we can play it the other way if you want. Sure. Uh, and now it looks like, why wasn't this that guy we had? All of a sudden, Philadelphia looks like an absolute world beater. Joel Embiid is shooting 81% on shot attempts off a hardened pass to him. They seem to love each other immediately. The honeymoon will last beyond this season. Are you thinking, boy, we messed that one up. That was our chance. I loved my big three. Well, as you know, I was against the trade. <clears throat> I wanted the Nets to keep the big three intact because ultimately I thought that gave them the best chance in this season to win. Yep. Now, in the long term, I do like the trade and I do like where the Nets are. And I still think they do have a chance to win this year <clears throat> despite that. So uh, I, I, I'm going to wait on some of the hardened stuff for my Louisiana fast minute. But I, I will say this with him. it None of it surprises me because he's a really good player. And he was playing well for the Nets before he got really frustrated there. He's James Harden. He's one of the best players in the world, <clears throat> one of the best scorers in the world. So, no, this doesn't surprise me at all when you pair him with a guy who is playing like the MVP this season. Okay, so more to come in Shawnee's Louisiana Fast Minute brought to you by Popeyes. So we will sit tight for some of that from Bags. When we come back here on Honorado and Bagnardi, our guest this week, Ryan Spader, uh, he will cover what is happening in the world of baseball, the lockout, the negotiations, why he predicted this, why he said he's not surprised, and why he said this is something owners actually wanted. Come on, man. Ryan Spader next right here on Honorado and Bagnardi, live from the Novice Showroom in Albany. If you snore, don't wait for your next physical to find out you have sleep apnea. It could cost you your job. Call Dr. Frederick Dreher at the Integrative Sleep Center for a game-changing alternative in sleep apnea treatment and get a good night's rest. Teams. Athletes. Organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through product and purpose. Claim your crown. 
Wondering what to do now that your Philips CPAP was recalled? Dr. Frederick Dreyer has a safe and effective alternative treatment for sleep apnea. Just pop it in and get a good night's rest. Keep your quality of life. Call the Integrative Sleep Center today. We work with all insurances. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. We're back on Honorado and Bagnardi from the Novice Showroom, uh, our outfitter of the show and of News Channel 13 as well with all the apparel we wear on air and on this show. Ryan Spader is our guest. And uh, boy, Ryan, you and I have spoke on the radio a few years ago. It's good to get connected with you again here. I wish it were under better circumstances and we're talking about opening day actually being March 31st. But this is unfortunately how labor negotiations go sometimes in professional sports and we're going to lose at least the first two series just give me your overall reaction here i know you had a great thread on twitter your overall reaction to how these negotiations went and and why you didn't think they would work out well i'll tell you first of all uh it's coming through just a little bit choppy so i'm going to try to address everything that i heard um but uh to be honest i'd never thought there was going to be a deal that got done I did not share the confidence of some of the mainstream media people that we saw um, on um, Sunday night. A lot seemed to say it was going to get done. They were very confident. Um, I, I saw some say something along the lines of, hey, we're on the 30 going in. I did not share that confidence just based on the players uh, with whom I had spoken. Um, a number of them, after I was sharing some of these tweets from some of um, the uh, mainstream baseball media folks were met, reaching out to me like, hey, you know, we're not as close as they're saying. It. We were never going to accept this CBT, CBT deal that uh, they're proposing at the moment. And um, that sort of raised an eyebrow to me. And then what the second time that I sort of was questioning whether or not there was ever going to be a deal done is when I saw what Ross Stripling tweeted out, saying that at the very last second, they put in things like larger bases, banning the shift, a pitch clock. And to me, this screams that Major League Baseball never intended to get a deal done. And also, they put um, they put things in place to ensure that a deal would not get done. I firmly believe that we will not have baseball for four to eight weeks. I think we're going to see baseball sometime around May 15th this year. And the reason for all of this I believe is the owners, just as they had done in the past, would like to see the deal fall in their favor. And the way that they're going to do so, again, just as we saw in 1994 and 95, and again in 2020 uh, in part, is to first turn the fans on the players. Most fans can name their favorite team's starting lineup. Also, most fans cannot name their team's owner. They don't know what the guy looks like. It's very easy to blame the players. So that's step one. And then the second step is to start to divide the union. I go back to that 1994-95 strike. We had Lenny Dykstra, who now, of course, is more of a controversial figure, standing up in front of the union saying, we got to play. We got to get back up there. I'm losing $35,000 a day. Roger Clements telling him to shut his mouth. Uh, Cecil Fielder threatening threatening the guy, <laughs> and all of a sudden, the union is fighting with itself, which is exactly, from my perspective, 
what Major League Baseball wants to happen again. All right, so Max Scherzer is going to lose somewhere in the neighborhood of like $235,000 a day. Garrett Cole's $190,000 a day. Are those the guys who ultimately decide, hey, I'm losing too much money here? Or is it the guys, Ryan, who don't make a lot of money who say, I need the minimum salary paycheck, whatever that number ends up being? So for the, the bare minimum, what it's going to end up being is somewhere between $3,667 and about $4,600 a day, what these guys are losing. And to um, you know the average baseball fan, this seems like a lot of money, but you also have to bear in mind that most of these guys' careers do not last, and most of these guys do not make it past arbitration. So the average fan is looking at this and saying, oh, I wish I was making that. Well, of course you do. But your career, you can work for 30, 40, 50, 60 years. These guys have a very small window to earn money. And yeah, can they get work afterwards? Sure, but they're probably gonna have to go back to school. They're probably gonna hang on and try to play in the minors where they're not making any money. And then all of a sudden you're 32 years old. Most of them don't have a, a degree of any sorts. Most of them don't have many skills outside of baseball, um, at least skills that uh, they have certifications or um, degrees for. And they're kind of in a very, very difficult place. And I think these are the players who suffer the most. Um, the irony is it is the Max Scherzers, it is the Andrew Millers, um, the, the guys who are on the executive board who are going to dictate what happens. Now, uh, I was asked recently on a radio appearance if I believe that, you know, Max Scherzer genuinely has the best interest of the players yep. who um, who haven't made it yet uh, in, in his heart. And I, I truly do. I believe anything that comes out of Max Scherzer's mouth specifically because I've never heard a bad thing about Max Scherzer from any players, whereas most guys I have heard, you know, one or two guys who, ah, I don't like that guy for this reason or that reason. Nobody's ever said a bad word about Max Scherzer to me. Uh, and from everything that I hear, he is extremely genuine. So I think he's the perfect guy to be in front of the, um, uh, in front of the owners, in front of Major League Baseball, uh, representing MLBPA. And truthfully, I wish he was the acting president. I don't think Tony Clark does a very good job. Having said that, Tony Clark doesn't really do much of anything from what I hear. It's mostly Bruce Meyer. Tony Clark's sort of the face of that organization. Uh, so I, I wouldn't at all mind uh, Max Scherzer as an active player being uh, the representative there. Um, but again, Bruce Meyer is really doing the legwork for the players. Now, um, do you believe I that think Scott Boris riff, is in players' ears? We're gonna see. Do you do you believe I'm that sorry? Scott do you believe that Scott Boris is in some players' ears throughout this process? Ab I, absolutely, I do. I do think so, um, and I do. From what I've heard, uh, Boris has also been sort of loosely uh, involved with their uh, negotiations. Um, However, I think the major rift that we're going to see is when guys uh, who are depending on this meal ticket, who are depending on that couple grand a day uh, to live, to pay their mortgage or whatever they have to pay, their debt. Uh, these guys who are depending on this are all of a, gonna, all of a sudden going to say, hey, I, you know, I need this money for whatever reason. We got to play. We got to figure this out. And then other guys who are saying, no, we got to hold out. That's where that major rift is going to happen. That's where that rift happened in 94, 95. And it's going to happen again. And I believe uh, from my perspective that that is what Major League Baseball wants. 
You see him on MLB Network. You hear him on places like CBS Sports Radio, which I think you were just referencing there, Ryan. And you can find him on Twitter, at the Ace of Spader. And it's the same if you want to check out his work online, theaceofspader.com. Uh, and a former Marine as well. We thank you for your service uh, every time we get a chance to, to talk with you, Ryan. But I know you love baseball as much as you love anything else. You say May 15th maybe is the date we finally get some games before I let you get out of here. Let me have a little bit of fun with you here. When that happens, when these guys finally get back on the field, Freddie Freeman signs where Atlanta, the Dodgers, the Yankees or other. So uh, you were breaking up just a bit there again, but I do think uh, what you're going for is where Freddie Freeman's going to end up. And I do think he'll end up back in Atlanta. Freddie Freeman belongs in a Braves uniform. And it pains me as a Philadelphia Phillies fan to say that because he's just <laughs> going to continue to beat up on the Phillies. He's going to beat up on the rest of the NL East. He's just an absolute stud, all-time great first baseman. Um, I believe he's going to end up in the Hall of Fame as well. Uh, we have this new... Uh, we sort of ushered in this new uh, age first baseman that we previously didn't have. If you wanted to get in the Hall of Fame as a first baseman in the past, oh, you better hit 500, 500 home runs. I don't think Freddie Freeman's going to hit 500 home runs. I don't think Joey Votto's going to hit 500 home runs. But these guys are the new standard for what is great from that position. These guys get on base. They knock in runs. They score runs. They can run the bases. They do everything right. They play the uh, play the position. Uh, they do a great job playing the position as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think Freddie Freeman's going to stick with the Braves, and uh, I think he'll be in the Hall of Fame one day with the Braves cap on, play, having played 17, 18 seasons in a Braves uniform. Happiness is found in simple things. The sun on your face. Sharing laughs. At the campground. Getting wet relaxing together the love of family there's never been a better time to go outside and play alpenhouse pool spa boat and rv bringing families together and creating memories since 1964. At Marcello's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcella's is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, Genair, and many more. Shop Marcella's Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. All right, Bags, and this week we are live at the Novice Showroom in Albany, the outfitter of O&B and News Channel 13. Our thanks to Ryan Spader for jumping on the show here to give us his perspective, and uh, he unfortunately ended up being right that he didn't think this thing would start on March 31st, and he says the middle of May is more likely. Your reaction to that and that he believes the owners didn't want this thing to get done from the start, that he feels ownership views the long term gain as more valuable than the players do. The players start to look at how much I'm losing out of my salary every single day and that eventually let's get back on the field as quickly as possible. Yeah, I mean, I think that's there's certainly some truth to that, but I don't know that I don't know that baseball would take it as far as to like. You know, are you going to 
sit down in a room and deliberately say, let's drag this thing out. Let's miss games to the point of, I don't know, that I guess maybe speaks to a larger conspiracy, which I'm not ready to, to jump in on just yet. But my reaction to him saying mid-May, like, yeah, that I think that's probably right around where we're going to wind up with this thing, unfortunately. Um, it just the problem is, like, it's going to be blow after blow of, like, we're missing games. We're missing more games. We're going to miss more games. It's almost like it's too bad that you can just say this is the day yep. we're going to have it done by then or there's no season or not even want to hear that. But just having some kind of cutoff date where as a fan you know, okay, there, there are going to be games on this date because then it's going to be like the more we cancel games as opposed to like if you just canceled 15 games at the gate. As opposed to like six here, and we're going to cancel another series, another two series, or, you know, then it becomes, it's like we have to go through the same pain over and over again. And then it just adds to the frustration even more than if you just got out in front of it and said, this is the date, you know? I'd be down with, hey, here's our drop dead date. And if we don't get it done, there's no season. Adam's question if it starts May 15th, would expanded playoffs be off the table or even a World Series now? We're not we're not that deep into it, right? I mean, the All-Star break is always that second Tuesday or so in the month of July. Um, if you started May 15th, maybe you don't have an All-Star game, an All-Star weekend. That's a that's a league disaster because you've got a city that is banking on that influx of of fans and visitors and and whatever. And now you're talking about that not happening. So I don't know that you're you're saying no, they get things together on may 15th that they'll still have an all-star game okay yeah um but it also is not too deep in where you're not going to have uh, a world series or a playoff and i think you would need a, a good home run derby a good all-star game you, you know that those are kind of things that can bring some fans back in maybe the fringe fans or who you know the, the ones who watch here and there you can get them in with those sort of different exciting events because yeah I, let me ask you this. What is the time? So to Maddie's question yeah. here, you think it affects the viewership and the fan base? What's going on with baseball right now? Well, that's kind of where I was going to yeah. go with it with you is like, at what point, because if there was no, if there was no season, you think that they don't, you think there's obviously the recovery time is much longer to some degree. They maybe don't recover, right? I mean, yes. ratings are already not very good. So where is the cutoff for you where they would really feel a serious impact with ratings this season. If you don't get this thing going before school break starts, you are going to miss fans. If summer really begins and we don't have baseball yet, people have moved on with their lives. People are doing other things. Now, don't, don't come back to me now, baseball. I'll catch you in 2023, honestly. Okay. But don't you feel like if there's no season, that's really the only thing that pushes fans away for the long term. Yeah, that be that becomes really damaging, right? Now, now you're just out of my subconscious. Oh, in 2023, oh, they're, oh, they're going to play baseball this year. Okay, because here's the thing: if there's no season, there's no reason to come back to the bargaining table all that soon. We'll be right back in this same spot in February of next year. It's not like while there's no year going on, they're, they're going to get a deal done all of a sudden for the next season. No way. There's no way. There would be no sense of urgency at all. Sam says no season baseball ruined forever. Well, it won't be ruined forever because like we talked about, they'll 
they're always going to recover in the long term. But like you said, damage, that's that's the big word. It would be some serious long-term damage to the sport. I'm catching up on some of the comments here. If you're watching on Facebook and Twitter, you know how to get a hold of us here. Donald says, you know, protest ticket prices. And we've always said the fans hold more power than they realize or they're willing to take hold of. That's plain and simple, right? We're afraid to really, you know, flex our purchasing power muscle. The problem is you have to become, you have to like become not a fan in order to really send right. a message. You almost have to unionize as a fan base. Yeah, and that's just never going to happen because you're going to, maybe you don't go to games, but really the big money is in TV rights. Yeah. And, and the ratings are already not very good. But if people just stopped watching baseball and then that impacted the next TV deal, that's how you can really strike back. Well, people are going to watch. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And I'm sure I will still get charged for a full season by the MLB package, even though they won't play 162 games. That's not right. That's of course not it right. isn't. But will it happen? Yeah. Will I have any way of getting my money back? No, probably not. All right. Uh, well, a segment we do each and every week here on Honorado and Bagnardi is the Louisiana Fast Minute. Yeah. Shawna, you want to go first on this? Yeah, let's do it. Now, I didn't send you... I didn't send you video, so you're gonna have to give me a clock here. All right, I'll have to look up now. Now, how long have we been doing this segment? I don't know. Maybe a month. A month? Yeah. This is the second time I'm pulling out the stopwatch. All right, I was out sick yesterday. All right, cut me some slack. Out sick? All you do is sit at home and do nothing when you're sick. Yeah, right. Plenty of time to prepare for the Louisiana Fast Minute. You are on the clock. All right. So, I got bad news for you, Philly. I think Harden's play for you is fool's gold to some degree. Now, I don't My fingernails. Mean, I don't. I don't mean his play. He, he's going to be good. He is good. He's going to be good. That's going to continue. It's going to continue into the playoffs. But this team is not going to win the championship. They're not going to come out of the Eastern Conference because we talk about how good the competition is in the East. The Nets are going to be there. Miami's going to be there. Don't forget the champion Milwaukee Bucks. I would pick any of those three teams today to beat Philly in a playoff series because they gave away too much in the Harden deal. They lost a little bit too much depth when they gave away Drummond and Curry. But here's the thing. We're talking about Embiid, who's a clown when things get tough, right? And James Harden, who's a clown when things get tough. And in the postseason, things are going to get real tough for this team. They are built to be really good, and they are built to explode. And that's what's going to happen. Okay. I, look, I'm down on your assessment that they gave up too much. They didn't have to trade either Thibel or Maxi. Yeah. Two really good players. And I would I would pick those guys over a Seth. Because Seth Curry can knock them down. But I would pick Maxi and Thibel to stay with my team if I had to trade Curry, I'm okay with that. I, I think Philly is built to win here. And we aren't yet past the point where they could start to scoop guys up on waivers, right? Like the DeAndre Jordan stuff, those types of low, le low level, you know, minimum veteran guys who will just want to jump on a team to try to win a championship. Philly is now in play for all those guys, the way the Lakers have been, the way your Nets would have been. I you know. think they beat a healthy Nets team in seven or a Bucks team right now if you line them up and play? Could beat Milwaukee. No. No. People don't understand how good Milwaukee is. They're good, but they have not been as good this year as I think they should be. Well, they haven't had Brooke Lopez yeah. for last season. Uh, 
but, and PJ Tucker isn't there. He's now in Miami. But this team is really, really good. This Bucks team, and they they are Giannis. They're your favorites in the East. Hungry player to come back. They're probably my favorites in the East only because now the Nets are in such a position where even if they get healthy, they're going to have to – it's a taller order for them to get there. Okay. Uh, Mark wants a T-shirt. Okay. Let's give him one. We'll, we'll see if we get Mark a T-shirt. Uh, my guess is he has done what we've asked people to enter in to our contest here yeah. uh, to be eligible to win one of those bad boys right there, an Honorado and Bagnardi T-shirt or hat. Both the winter and baseball cap variety. All you have to do on Facebook is share it and like it. Two two steps, people share it and like it. And if you're watching us on Twitter, then all you have to do there is retweet it, and you'll be eligible to win yeah. uh, one of our t-shirts or hats. All right, on to my Popeyes Louisiana fast minute. Stand by here. I'm doing a little bit of work behind the scenes, and. Here we go. This is news that came out this morning, Thursday morning, and overnight, really. And that is that there is a succession plan in place in Syracuse. Now, it's the second succession plan that the Orange have had to come up with for Jim Beheim's retirement. But Beheim said on his weekly radio spot that the university, the basketball program, has a plan. He wouldn't say what that plan is. But let's talk through some of the scenarios here. Beheim is 77 years old. They're having a bad year. They're a 500 team. He's never had a losing season in 46 seasons at Syracuse. Does it happen this year? Maybe they wrap up the regular season on Saturday against Miami at home, and then they'll go into the ACC tournament. They're not going to the NCAA tournament this year. Who comes back and fills his spot? It was supposed to be Mike Hopkins back in 2017. He bolted for Washington. Now his son is a sophomore playing for Washington. He's not going to be the guy. Maybe it's Adrian Autry. All I know is, yes, there's a plan in place, but there was a previous plan in place, and Beheim didn't stick to that timetable. Who's to say he isn't into his 80s still coaching at Syracuse? How quick are they to get rid of Jim Beheim? and should they be? Well, you didn't stick to your timetable there either with a fast minute plus. Um, yeah, listen, man. I, I went to Syracuse. For grad school, talked to Jim Beheim once. It was okay. It was an okay experience. No. Um, he's, I've never seen him as uh, the best kind of guy to be around, right? Doesn't seem like the friendliest kind of guy. As a coach, I think he's, he's obviously built a program there that has been successful. You mentioned that he's never had a losing record, but he only has one championship there and he needed Carmelo Anthony with him to do it. So, I think he's he's the kind of guy who is always so dug in on playing his stupid zone, even if it's wrong for the team, that that frustrates me. I've never viewed him as like one of – I don't put him on like the Coach K level. Yeah. Or, you know, Wooden or uh, – Roy Williams, Dean Smith. Yeah, no. I, I, he's To me, he's a step down. Tom Izzo. Yeah. Um, Tom Izzo, yeah. Uh, so what do you want me to say about that? Good. Have a plan in place. I don't care. I don't care who coaches this team. I don't know that it. I don't know that it matters if it wasn't going to be that original plan that they had, like you talked about, because that was like that was the plan in place for like ten years. Yes. Like, Hopkins was the guy. It's going to be the guy. It's going to be the guy. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. And if you're going to say we have a plan in place and then not say what the plan is, who cares? Shouldn't even be talking about it. 
I know. I always think like, why do these things even slip out? Why does he? It, it, I think it eventually circled around to the fact that he plans on coaching next year. He's going to coach next year. So it isn't ending here. Now, for people out there thinking like, is he going to just eventually try to chase down Coach K? He'll never get there. Shashevsky has 199 more wins than Beheim. They are one and two all time. But when Beheim lost his 101 wins that the NCAA took away from him, he's now 199 wins behind Coach K. So rounded to 200, you're talking 10 years of winning 20 games. And that's a really good season. Like Syracuse isn't getting to 20 this year. That's not possible. So he will leave on his own terms. And maybe it's just after next year when his son Jimmy Beheim maybe gets another waiver to play the Cornell transfer and, and Jimmy can play another season. And, and then Jim decides, okay, now I'm good. Let me tell you what's going to happen with Syracuse this year. They're going to make the NCAA tournament. No, they're not. They have to win they're, the ACC tournament to get in. It's not happening. They're going to – I'm not saying they're going to win a tournament. They're going to do enough. They'll win their last game. They'll win, a, they'll win in the tournament. I don't know if they'll win it all. Maybe they get to the championship game. And people are going, hmm. They're back on the bubble. They looked good. They played well. They'll find a way to get in, and then they're going to win two games in the tournament. Because this was Syracuse always does. By the way, Jeff Monick, our former executive decision, you caught that in 2018. He kept a real clock. Um, so, yes, this is what Syracuse does. They will find a way into the tournament. People like to have them in the tournament. The selection committee likes to have them in the tournament. They like to have Bayheim in there. They like to have Syracuse. So they'll find it. You know, it's funny for much as I bang, first of all, Jeff, I hate you as much as I bang on the zone. Um, it is what ultimately gives them success in the NCAA tournament, but it's a double-edged sword. I think it's why they have success in March because teams are not used to seeing it. But I also think there's a big reason as to why Beheim isn't getting a lot of the one and done talent. These guys want to run and gun and give me opportunities to play man-to-man -man and get up in, in a guy's shorts and create steals and turnovers and dunks on the on the easy end. The zone doesn't do that for him. Now, people are going to say, at ah, Syracuse. Nobody wants to go to central New York to play a sport in the winter. I don't know that I'm really buying that. I think it's the style of play that is not attracting the top talent at the high school level right now. Right? Like, And it isn't an age thing. Coach K has obviously evolved and he continues to get a lot of those one and done guys because he is he's more than willing to adapt his style of play to that young talent. He's showing, hey, come to Duke, I'll make you a top 5 draft pick. That's ultimately all that matters for the top high school talent is can you get me into the lottery in the NBA? That's where I get paid. Yep. Do you think that a new coach will change that narrative there. And if the style of play changes, then all of a sudden Syracuse becomes a better destination. I don't know that Adrian Autry is going to be the guy to do that. I think you have to hire from the outside. Maddie wants to know G Max still coaching. Yeah. He's, he's on the staff. Um, no, I, I think it would be an outside hire. And I think the diehard Syracuse people, my wife, one of them feels like Autry should get the job deserves the shot. He's been the loyal assistant the way Hopkins was, Give it to one of those guys. And I don't even think giving it to Jerry McNamara makes a big enough difference. GMAC going into somebody's living room trying to recruit a kid saying, I played there four years and was on a national championship. I just don't think that has the cachet it would need. No, I agree. I agree. All right. This is March 3rd as we do the show live. Yes. If you're watching on my four, it's March 5th. 
All right. Aaron Rodgers has said in the final two minutes we have here that he would make a decision. He would let the Packers know what his intentions are before a decision had to be made on franchise tags and free agency. The deadline for the franchise tag, which is what what the Packers would do with Devontae Adams if they can't get a long-term deal done, is March 8th. So when we do this show next week, we may know what Aaron Rodgers wants. What is it going to be, Bags? Back to Green Bay or trade me? (sighs) Trade me. Where does he end up? I don't know. Denver? I know. I didn't give you any time to think on this here, but you say trade. Yeah. I think that he – I think ultimately he'll want out. You don't. I don't. Of course. I just think he's going to look at the situation, evaluate the talent, and and say this is my best chance to win. Green Bay. Okay. Matty Torres says you're wrong. Denver, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is a, Sam says you're right. Okay. Pittsburgh is a really interesting one here. Uh, there has been public acknowledgement that he really likes Mike Tomlin, and Tomlin has said the same things. The Steelers obviously need a quarterback. Yeah. Are they willing to give up multiple first-round picks? A team that is kind of old school like the Giants, like they don't like to trade a lot of the future value for the now, but but maybe they take a, a swing. I, I'd like to see him in Pittsburgh. You would. The hated guy going to the Steel City. It just it just feels right. Him in that in that black and gold. I that yes, I could hate him on a Roethlisberg level there. Yeah, that looks good. I think that would work for me. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I I would give Pittsburgh a better shot than Denver. Okay. Could we we can't go one show without talking about Aaron Rodgers? I know. I tried today. I really tried. But I, but I, I started to look at the calendar in my mind, and I thought, yeah. wait a minute, this is the, this is probably the last opportunity we get to, to try to predict what's going to happen this off season with Rodgers. So next week will be automatic. We're talking about. Him. Well, of course, because we'll yeah. have, we'll have a decision on some level. It'll lead the show. So everybody, make sure you tune in at the very beginning of the show because I'll be either railing on Rodgers or praising him. One of the two things will happen. All right. So let's play. What are we leading the show with next week? My prediction will be the breaking news. Moments before we go on the air, maybe the day before, the night before, baseball gets a deal done. You think this time next week, baseball has has a An plan agreement in place? You're out of your mind. I don't uh, No, There's no way. You cross your fingers all you want. I just don't see it happening. It's been fun to be back in the novice showroom. Thanks for hanging out and watching Honorado and Bagnardi, everybody. We'll see where Rogers ends up.